following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity and was recorded at Westminster Chapel in Toronto. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ over every area of life, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. Well, good morning, my brothers and sisters. This is Good Friday, and this is a day when we turn our attention away from all of the cares and the concerns of the uncertainty, the instability of the world around us. And we fix our hearts, we fix our minds, we fix our eyes upon the Lord Jesus. And we remember his crucifixion. We remember his death in our place for our sins. And we have remembered him this morning by singing. We have remembered him this morning by reading the gospel and hearing the gospel. And this is a day, this Good Friday, when we are fixed on him and we look to him. And I've chosen as our text to consider today, Isaiah chapter 50. Now, these verses are one of four servant songs in the prophecy of Isaiah. And these are prophetic announcements that predict the coming Messiah, the coming of Christ, the coming of Jesus. And they announce ahead of time his suffering and his death for the salvation of sinners. And of these four servant songs, this servant song, which is the third, is unique because the other three speak about the servant and about his saving work. But here, in this third servant song, the servant himself speaks. And these are the words of Jesus. And here we are given insight, we're given a window into the prayer of Jesus, the confession of Jesus. And it reveals three things about his life, about his mission. First, in verse 5, we see that he listened to his father and the words that he spoke were the words that his father gave him to speak. Secondly, we see in verses 6 and 7 that he listened to his father and he submitted to the will of the father. He obeyed his father. Thirdly, we see that he trusted his father. He knew that the Lord God was his help and he was vindicated. Those last two verses that we read this morning, verses 10 and 11, reveal to us our response. We will either fear the Lord and listen to the voice of his servant, listen to the voice of Christ, or we will seek our own light. We will light our own torch. We will seek to walk the path of our own strength, our own wisdom. And the warning is, if we reject the servant, if we seek to follow our own light, we will be laid down in torment. And that's eternal torment. So as we fix our thoughts, as we fix our hearts on Christ today, let's consider this prophecy of the servant, which speaks of him and gives voice to the life and the mission of Christ. So first, he listened to his father. And the words that he spoke were his father's words. Look at verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear 
to hear as those who are taught. Now here we're told that Jesus learned the word of God. He listened to the voice of his father. He meditated upon the scriptures. He kept the word of God. He perfectly obeyed it. And so he was prepared as one who has a tongue that is ready to teach. And this was distinctive of his ministry. He came as one who spoke the word of God. He came as one who taught, as one who preached. That preaching ministry was grounded in the fact that his ears were open to the voice of his father and he listened to his father. And it wasn't just that he studied the scriptures, he also was devoted to prayer. Consider what we read in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And the Gospels again and again remind us that Jesus set time to pray. He would go off alone, he would pray. And they often tell us that it was early in the morning. And here we are told, yes, morning by morning, he listened to the voice of his father. Morning by morning, as Jesus woke, he heard his father's voice. He listened to his father's voice. And his father gave him the words that he was to impart, the words that he he was to speak. And notice what it says in verse 4. The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught for this purpose, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. His word, the word of Jesus, sustains those who are weary. Now, how many of you are weary this morning? The word of the Lord Jesus sustains you. How many of you know people around you who are weary today? Well, they need to hear the word of the Lord. They need to hear the word of Jesus, the word of Jesus, which sustains the weary. And we are living in a time where so many are weary and worried, and they need to hear the voice of the Lord Jesus. They need to hear his word. It's a word that sustains the weary. Remember Jesus in his own ministry especially with his own disciples. In John's Gospel, John highlights, he gives significant attention to those final hours that Jesus spent with his disciples. You remember on the night that he was betrayed, as he reclined with them at table, he spoke to them. He gave them the words that his father had given him to speak. And so when you read through John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, these are the words of our Lord which are given to sustain the weary. And he spoke to his disciples who were worried, his disciples who were wearied. And remember what he said. John 14, verses 1 to 3. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Again, in John 14, verses 16 to 18. 
Jesus says to us, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Again, he says to his disciples on that last night, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's John 14, verse 27. Again, John 15, verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, and listen to that in the light of Isaiah 50. All that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. The words that Jesus spoke were the words that the Father had given him to speak, and they were words that sustain the weary. John 16, verse 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Morning by morning, the Lord Jesus opened his ears to hear the voice of his father. And his father spoke to him and gave him the words that he was to speak. And they were words that were given to sustain the weary. That's the first thing we see about the servant that we see about Jesus. And we see those words of comfort those words that sustain the weary on the night before he gave his life. But secondly, in verses 6 and 7, we see that Jesus listened to his father and he submitted to the will of his father. Verse 5 and 6. Listen to verse 5. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. He listened to the voice of his father. He knew the call of his father on his life. He submitted to it. He obeyed. And he did so knowing where the father was calling him. Verse 6. I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. Jesus' father called him to walk a path that led to shame, that led to suffering. It was a path of obedience, obedience even unto death, even death on a cross. Our Lord knew it. He knew that his father was calling him to walk this path. He told his disciples so. He predicted ahead of time. He said, I will go to Jerusalem and there I will be given over into the hands of sinners. I will suffer many things. I will be killed. I will be crucified. And on the third day, I will be raised from the dead. He knew that the path that his father was leading him down was a path of suffering, a path of shame. And yes, when he came to Jerusalem, he was betrayed. He was abandoned. He was rejected. He was condemned. He was accused. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. And yes, he gave his back to the Roman scourge. And yes, he lifted his face to the mocking, to the spitting. And yes, he laid down his life and he handed himself over to be crucified. 
And crucifixion was designed. It was designed to degrade. It was designed to dehumanize. It was designed to shame. And Jesus submitted himself to it because it was the will of his father. And he knew that when he went to Jerusalem, that is what would happen. And even so, we read in Luke 9, verse 51, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. This was the will of his father. And he submitted to the will of his father. So our Lord listened to the voice of his father. His father gave him words of comfort. He, he spoke those words to sustain the weary. He listened to the call of his father. He submitted to the will of his father, even though it led to death, even death on a cross. And in verses 7 to 9, we see that he trusted his father and he was vindicated. So look at verse 7. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. Even though he went down that path of shame and suffering, even though he did not give, he did not turn back, he did not rebel, he obeyed and he turned his back to the scourge. He submitted himself to the mockery and the spitting. Now he can say, even so, I will not be put to shame. I was not put to shame. And the reason for this is because the crucifixion of Christ, which was designed to mock. It was designed to put a man to shame. The crucifixion of Christ and God's wisdom was his glorification. Because on the cross was displayed the love of God for sinners. And in the outpouring of that love and the expression of his love in the death of his son on the cross, we see the revelation of his character. We see the revelation of who he is. We see the manifestation of the glory of God. And we see the manifestation of his salvation. Because the Lord Jesus was nailed to that cross in the place of sinners. He was nailed to that cross in your place, in my place. And he bore our sin. And he paid the penalty for that sin. And he satisfied God's wrath for that sin. And so when we turn to him, we find that in him we are given rest in his glorious presence. We find that we are justified. We find that our sins are forgiven. We find that, yes, the wrath of God has been satisfied. And so we come into his mercy, his love. The Lord Jesus knew this. He knew the meaning and significance of his death. He knew that what the world meant for shame, God meant for his glory. And so he says in verses 8 and 9, Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. Yes, the world accused. Yes, the world put him on trial. Yes, the world condemned him to die. But the Lord Jesus trusted his father. The Lord Jesus knew his father's plan. He knew that he would be raised on the third day. He knew that he would be vindicated. He knew that he would, be, he would stand in righteousness and justice. And as we on this Good Friday remember that day, where are those who accused him? Where are those who mocked him? Where are those who condemned him? Where are those who nailed him to the cross? Those voices are silent today. 
But the Lord Jesus stands in glory. The Lord Jesus stands vindicated. He stands in victory. And he calls each one of us. He calls us to share in that vindication. He invites us into his righteousness, into his vindication. And so just as the Lord Jesus can say, as he says in these verses, who will contend with me? Who is my adversary? Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Just as he can say that, so we can say that because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He has paid the penalty of our sin. He has satisfied the wrath of God for our sin. And so we can say, we can ask with Paul, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? This is Romans chapter 8. It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is, the, who is at the right hand of God and who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are all being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor nor demons, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He stands in victory. He stands vindicated. And in him there is no condemnation. We stand in that victory. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so we too on this Good Friday, as we remember his death, as we fix our gaze upon the one who was pierced, we remember that in his death we are redeemed from our sin. In his death we are justified and we stand with him vindicated. And so with him we we can set our face like a flint. We know that we will not be put to shame. This Good Good Friday should be a day when we are strengthened in our faith, where we stand secure on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. At a time when everything around us is unstable and uncertain, we know that in the cross of Christ, we stand. And so we know that we, like Jesus, are those who should have a tongue. We should have the tongue of those who are taught, that we may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. And on this Good Friday, we are remembered Uh, we remember that we are those who are called to declare the word of God. We are to to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we live in a time when there are so many competing voices and people are looking to to various, various authorities, whether in healthcare or the state or other places, for their hope, for their salvation. There is no salvation in anyone else. There is no other name under heaven by which men may be saved than the name of the Lord Jesus. And I call upon us, brothers and sisters, to declare his name loudly and clearly. Today we share in the victory, the vindication of Christ. And then in verses 10 and 11, we see the response to the servant, the response to this. Verse 10, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all who kindle a fire, 
who equip yourselves with burning torches. Walk by the light of your fire and by the torches that you have kindled. This you have from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. Now, we live in a time where there's darkness, there's uncertainty, the future is unknown. And we're looking to models, we're looking to projections to know how to live in the coming weeks and months. But here the Word of God warns us, in such a time of uncertainty, in such a time of instability, are you going to clamor and look for your own light? Are you going to try and kindle your own torch and follow the light of that torch in the midst of the darkness? And the warning here is, if you do that, you will be made to lie down in torment. And the Lord Jesus warns us that if we don't receive him, if we reject his word, if we don't fear the Lord and obey the voice of the servant, we will be cast into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And those of you who are listening this morning, and you know it's Good Friday, you know that Christians around the world are remembering the death of the Lord Jesus. Here the prophet tells you how to respond. Don't clamor after your own light. The Lord Jesus says, whoever will follow me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is the light of the world. And the word to us this morning is, even if you are in deep darkness, trust in the name of the Lord, rely on on God. Why? Because the servant has come. What Isaiah looked forward to, what he prophesied, it's come to pass, it was fulfilled. And the Lord Jesus entered that darkness. Remember that on the day that Jesus was crucified, darkness covered the land from noon until three in the afternoon. The Lord Jesus entered that darkness. He's gone ahead of us. And he says, come to me, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me, whoever obeys my voice, you will not walk in darkness. You will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And so the prophet tells us, who among you fears the Lord? Obey the voice of the servant. To fear the Lord is to obey the voice of the servant. There are so many things to fear in this day. And here the word of God calls on you, fear him, fear the Lord. Obey the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. He calls to you. He calls to you to turn to him in obedience, turn to him in faith. And in him you will find your life. You will find light. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, on this Good Friday, we have fixed our attention on your Son. And we thank you for sending your Son, for the gift of your Son. And we know that on this Good Friday, when we remember his death on the cross in our place for us, we see there on display your love. For in this, the love of God is demonstrated, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so this is Good Friday. And on this day, we remember that glorious manifestation of your love and your salvation. And today we, we hear the voice of the Lord Jesus. We hear the voice of the servant calling us to follow him. And we hear his voice and we follow him.
And Father, I ask that as we follow him, we will walk in the victory that he has won for us. And yes, these days are uncertain. But Father, your word is clear. Your word is certain. Your word remains forever. And I pray that we would be a people who stand upon your word and who declare your word clearly and boldly. And we know that this is a word that sustains the weary. And so many at this time are longing to hear your word. And so, Father, I pray that you would raise up your church to speak it loudly and clearly. And to point the the, the world in the midst of this darkness to the light of the cross of Christ. The glory of the Lord on display. And the hope of his resurrection. We ask all these things by your Spirit and in his precious and powerful name, the name of Jesus. Amen. This message has been brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share this content, but do not charge for it or alter it in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. For more resources, please visit ezrainstitute.ca.